Yeah, alright, so I am uh, just bushwalking right now. I really love bushwalking, just so you guys wanted to know. And yeah, I'm just in the middle of a forest somewhere, and uh, I think I've, I think I'm lost. I can't. It's just trees everywhere. It's, can't find any defining landmarks or anything like that. Yeah, I'm getting a bit worried now. Sun's starting to set. Yeah, I need to get home before it gets dark. You know. I think I'm lost. Hmm. And you know, if only we had something, you know, like a tool. That could show us the direction where I'm going. You know, like a compass. G'day everyone, I'm your host Stephen, and welcome to another episode of the Bamboo History Podcast. For those of you who are new, the Bamboo History Podcast is a podcast about Chinese and East Asian history. If you like this type of content, please subscribe to my podcast, follow my Instagram, and also visit my website. I'll leave those details in the description box below. Today, we're going to talk about another famous Chinese invention, and that is the compass. The compass is known by Chinese people as one of their four great inventions, or Si Da Fa Ming. The other great inventions are paper, which I covered in episode two, gunpowder, which I covered in episode twenty-two, and woodblock printing, which I haven't covered yet. So, what is a compass? Well, a compass is an instrument that's used for navigation and orientation. And how the compass works is that it has a magnetic needle inside that rotates freely and will align itself to the Earth's magnetic field, such that the needle will point to the Earth's magnetic north and south. And to clarify, the magnetic north is actually not the same as the north that we're accustomed to. Rather, the north that we're accustomed to, that direction north, is true north, as opposed to magnetic north. Which is where the compass is pointing to. A magnetic north is at a slightly different location to true north, but they're both in the general sort of north direction. In Chinese, a compass is known as a zhinanzhen, spelt z h i n a n z h e n, which literally means in English the south pointing needle. Now there was a time long ago. Where humans didn't have compasses for navigation. Before the compass, the earliest methods that were used by humans were to observe landmarks or watch the direction of the sun and the stars. For example, the Minoans, the ancient people that lived on the island of Crete near Greece, they left records of using the stars to navigate direction. But what if there were no landmarks and? What if there was no sun, and what if the clouds covered the stars? How would we navigate then? This is where an actual navigation tool would be very useful, right? Enter the compass. The Chinese first invented the compass, but the funny thing is that they didn't actually invent the compass for navigation. A reason why the Chinese were able to invent the compass before others 
was because they were able to recognize the magnetic qualities of lodestone. Now you all must be wondering, what the bloody hell is lodestone? Well, lodestone are the original magnets. They are a mineral magnetite. In other words, minerals that are natural magnets that attract iron. In the text, Lu Shi Chun Qiu, L U S H I C H U N Q I U, a text that was compiled in the year 239 BCE. It first describes the magnetic qualities of lodestone, stating that <clears throat> lodestone makes iron come towards it or attracts it, or in the original Chinese text, Ci Shi Zhao Tie, Huo Ying Zhi Ye. And hence, Chinese people used the magnetic qualities of lodestone to invent the first compass. The first compass was invented during the Han Dynasty, which was a period of time between the 2nd century BCE to the 1st century CE. This device was known as a Sinan, spelt S-I-N-A-N. The Sinan consisted of a square bronze slab with markings of cardinal points and constellations around it. Then, on this square slab, they placed a spoon-shaped lodestone onto it. The spoon, being magnetic, would spin around, and when it stopped, the ends of the lodestone spoon would point to the directions of north and south, with the handle of the spoon pointing south. The name Sinan literally means South Seeker. However, the Sinan and other subsequent compass-like devices invented by the Chinese were actually not used for navigation. They were instead used for things such as fortune-telling, divination, geomancy, worship, and determining feng shui. In other words, choosing areas suitable for building houses and growing crops. Now, imagine this kind of funny joke. A fortune teller hiking in the woods back in ancient China gets lost, can't figure out where he is, and then thinks to himself, Damn, I've got no map, nothing. All I've got in my bag is a useless Sinan. <laughs> imagine if he realised he could have used it for navigation. It would actually take almost a thousand years after the invention of the first compass before the Chinese actually started using the compass for navigating, which they did so first during the Song Dynasty. The first records of compass use for navigation was recorded during the Song Dynasty. In the book Wu Jing Zong Yao, W U J I N G Z O N G Y A O which was a book published between the years 1040 to 1044, describes the use of a south-pointing chariot and a south-pointing fish that would help armies navigate their way during the night. With the fish compass being a fish-shaped object placed on floating water, and the fish-shaped object would point south. In the year 1088, Song Chinese scientist Sheng Kuo spelt S-H-E-N-K-U-O, was the first person 
to describe the use of a magnetic needle to find directions, describing that a needle could be rubbed with a lodestone to create magnetic properties, then placed on something where the needle could float. The needle would then move until it aligned with the north-south direction. Being able to use a needle for navigation was a significant improvement, as a needle was both versatile and portable due to its small size and can be taken anywhere. A reason why compasses were being used for navigation during the Song Dynasty was because of the large scale of maritime activity that occurred during this time. And without much defining landmarks to use for navigation at sea, seafarers during the Song Dynasty required compasses to help them find their way. The text Ping Zhou Ke Tan, a book published between 111 to 1117 CE by maritime historian Zhu Yu, spelt Z-H-U-Y-U, describes how seafarers used the compass. He states that Zhou Shi Shi Di Li, Ye Ze Guan Xing, Zhou Ze Guan Ri, this loosely translates to The shipmasters know their geography well. They steer using the stars at night and steer using the sun by day. If the weather is overcast, they will use the south pointing needle. Compass use then for maritime activity in the Song Dynasty would eventually spread to other places outside China. In the year 1190, English writer Alexander Neckham, that's N-E-C-K-A-M, Neckham, wrote in his book, De Naturis Rerum, the use of a magnetic needle by sailors to navigate their way through sea. It was most likely used in Neckham's own travels during the English Channel from France to England. Hence, it was travel in his Neckham of the Woods, <laughs> get it, Neck of the Woods, being the first record of compass use for navigation in Europe. In the Middle East, the first mention of the compass was in a Persian storybook named Jawami or Hikayat, written in 1232, and describes a fish-shaped iron leaf that was used for navigation. It's fish design suggesting that this was influenced by the earlier Chinese fish compasses. I mean, this origin story doesn't sound too fishy to me. <laughs> <coughs> Whilst we do credit China for the invention of the compass, with all inventions, the beauty of it is that it can be taken and improved on, which is what's been done to the compass over the years until the present day. For example, in the year 1885, the first handheld bearing compass was invented, which allowed for greater portability because you were able to carry the compass around easily, making exploring a lot more convenient. And nowadays, we all have digital compasses. For example, I've got a compass app on my phone, which means I don't even have to carry a compass at all. Now, navigating and finding directions, easy as pie. You don't have to carry a bloody lodestone spoon around you. So the takeaway I got from this story of the history of the compass was that you shouldn't discredit something straight away because you never know what use it can be later on. 
I'm not saying that the Chinese discredited the earlier compasses. What I'm saying is that for nearly a thousand years, the Chinese never realized they could have used those compasses, you know, the Sinan, for navigating. And when they finally realized that they could use it for navigating, the compass became one of the most important tools, not just for the Chinese, but for people around the world. So yeah, that's it. That's the end of the story of the history of the compass. I hope you enjoyed this story. If you like this type of content, don't forget to subscribe to my podcast and follow my Instagram, as well as visiting my website. I'll leave all those details in the description box below. Anyway, I'm talking to you whilst I'm still hiking in the bush. Uh, oh, wait, hang on. Oh, turns out I had a compass right in my pocket. Now I know how to find my way home. I can go home now. Whee! So yeah, in that case, it's time for me to go home now and leave you guys for today. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode. Enjoy the rest of your day or evening. And I'll see you all next time on the Bamboo History Podcast. Bye for now. <laughs>